one of the best ways to double our impact is actually to get another person involved. And when you go into those conversations with the plan to change someone's mind, it rarely ever does actually result in the other person changing their minds. People are more likely to do things and do them more often if they choose to do it. And so that role of autonomy is one of the major points that we make in this guide. G'day folks and welcome to Giving What We Can, where we explore how to use our resources to do the most good. Today I'm joined by Dr. Gitanjali Basakut, who is a postdoctoral research fellow at the Institute for Positive Psychology and Education in Sydney. Her research explores behavioural psychology and societal determinants of well-being and functioning. Geet also volunteers with Giving What We Can. Recently, Geet helped update our guide to talking about effective altruism, effective giving and giving what we can. So without further ado, here's Geet. Okie doke. Uh, Geet, welcome. Uh, before we get started on the guide, I'd love to know how you came across effective altruism and giving what we can. Sure. Um, so I first came across EA in the early stages of my PhD. One of my peers, Mike Notel, um, who, yeah, we did our PhDs together, he suggested that the PhD students all get together once a month to have a discussion group over some pizza. And students will always do things for pizza. So, um, yeah, we got together to discuss things like articles or podcasts, um, anything that one of us had found interesting. And I think he'd started getting into EA around that time. So one of our first PhD pizza discussion groups was about EA. And Mike said that, you know, EA is about answering the question of how you can do the most amount of good and basing that decision on evidence. And he talked about GiveWell as well. And from that point, I pretty immediately started donating to the GiveWell recommended charities. But I hadn't really thought about EA too much more in depth after that uh, discussion group. And it was only sort of in the last year that I took a step back and really thought about how I wanted to have more of an impact and um, through my work as well as through my donations. And it was that then that I seriously looked into giving what we can and took the Try Giving Pledge at that point. So while I was actually introduced to EA four or five years ago, it's only been about a year since I've delved deeper into effective altruism and giving what we can. That example of Michael uh, with the pizza discussion groups is uh, going to touch on some of what we get to later as a good example of how to be a great advocate. Um, excellent. <laughs> well, what motivated you to help with this guide? Sure. So last year I participated in the Oxford Effective Altruism Fellowship. And as it was held online, it had people from across all over the world. And we were broken down into these groups and to meet and discuss a particular topic in EA each week. And um, what really struck me during those readings is that most of the articles and books that uh, were the recommended readings, there was a sort of dominant narrative or the way that EA was spoken about. And most of what we read was written for the demographic of rich people in rich countries, which, you know, is totally understandable given that historically it is the kind of person that um, the EA community was targeted at. And so I think because since, I guess, the last few years, the community has started expanding to different countries and people from different backgrounds, and a fair few of us at that fellowship weren't from rich countries, and 
I thought it made us feel kind of alienated, like we weren't meant to be part of the community. So it was then that I first thought about writing something for the EA forum in terms of having a more inclusive narrative. And so fast track to, um, I guess, last year with the EA Asia Pacific Conference, um, I was introduced to Maddie Wilkes there by Hayden Wilkinson, and we sort of hit it off immediately and had a lot of thing in common. And so we're both postdocs in psychology, for instance, and we also shared some of the same concerns about the dominant way in which people communicated about EA. And she's been around the EA community for a lot longer than I have and really knows about this area. And so we talked about writing something like this together. And then fast forward again a couple of months and I saw your post, Luke, um, on the Giving What We Can volunteer page and thought that that would be the perfect opportunity to do that. Can you tell me about your research and how you feel that that relates to this guide? Yeah, so my research relates to the guide in a few different ways, I think. Um, while the article is about how and what to say to people when having the conversation about EA and effective giving, some of what my research does is um, focusing on the importance of how we phrase things and the importance of motivation for behavior. So in relation to the how, a lot of the research I do is using surveys. So I developed a couple of questionnaires myself and basically all of the studies that I use um, has data that has required people to answer surveys. And in general, psych surveys are all about trying to get at an underlying truth that is unobservable by asking questions. And so we need those questions to be the best at getting to the truth. And um, actually, in one of my recent papers, I explored how even small differences in the way that you word things can elicit completely different responses from the same person. So for instance, if you asked a child, are you good at reading? Their response could be different from if you asked them, do you find reading difficult? And so with that part of my research, I, I guess I have realized the importance of how things are phrased. Um, and then in relation to the motivation and behavior side of things with, with my PhD research, I developed this questionnaire for assessing everyday behaviors that people could engage in that positively impact their well-being. So it's called the six ways to well-being. And one of those ways is actually giving to other people. And so I studied the ways in which people commonly engaged in giving behaviors and that in, and the impact that their motivation for giving to others had on their well-being, but also on the likelihood of them actually continuing to engage in those giving behaviors. And I guess the crux of it is that people are more likely to do things and do them more often if they choose to do it. And so that role of autonomy is one of the major points that we make in this guide. And I think also Maddie's research was super relevant here. And really, our two area research areas came together quite nicely to write this article. Um, her research is concerned with understanding people's motivations and barriers to ethical and pro-social behavior. So answering questions such as, how far do people's moral circles extend? How do we get people to expand the breadth of the organisms that, they, that deserve our moral concern? And why are some people motivated to behave in pro-social and ethical ways? And how do we get people to actually engage in such behaviours? Why do you think that people find it difficult to talk about these ideas? I think there's a few different reasons that people might find 
difficult to talk about this. And um, firstly, I think the major difficulty in talking about EA and giving is that it can sort of come across as prescriptive. And people in general, like I said, don't like being told what to do. And so it can be quite hard to find that balance between sharing the ideas that you care about and, and also wanting the other person to immediately see your side of the story and change their behavior in an instant. Um, and that sort of issue transcends topics, you know, regardless of what you talk about, there will be some someone that disagrees and it becomes really difficult to talk about things, especially um, things that are you know, uh, value aligned and close to someone's values. Um, if we think about politics, for instance, the left and right seem to be becoming increasingly distinct year on year. Both sides seem to think that their side is the right side. And when you go into those conversations with the plan to change someone's mind, which uh, at least I, especially in terms of politics, that's always at the back of my mind. It rarely ever does actually result in the other person changing their minds. And so I think one of the, the reasons people may find it difficult to talk about EA is that it can be difficult to step away from that wanting to change someone's mind and, and being prescriptive in the way that we talk about EA. Um, there's another reason, and also one that has been true for me personally, is I didn't really speak about EA for a while or my donating habits either because I thought it wasn't right to talk about these things because they may come across as a brag. Um, like it may seem that when yeah. when people talk about their donating habits or the good things that they do, people may think that you're trying to show off. And I think if you phrase the conversation right, you know, you think about not just what you're trying to say, but also how you say it, you can sort of mitigate some of that um, concern. And, and I also think that the more we talk about the good things people do, the less stigma there may be around talking about that. I guess I came across this while trying to write this guide as well, is that there is actually a lot of information about EA and effective giving out there. And so when you're introduced to EA and you start reading and you start learning about it, you may sort of get lost in all of the things that it includes. And so it can be hard to take a step back and really know which bits to focus on when you do talk to people. Can you tell me a little bit about the process of writing this guide? Uh, what were the steps that you took to pull it together? Yeah, sure. So um, while I said that there was a lot of material on EA already out there, I think that was a good thing for this guide. Um, and so the way that we came up with the tips for these guides was largely based on reading what's already out there. And so I read through a lot of the previous blog posts that were there, the EA forum posts, some research articles, and also a fair few YouTube videos, um, and then sort of compiled what others in the community were saying in this massive list of tips, um, and then went through them and sorted them according to similarities and so on, and, and picked out the most important ones. And I mean, there's still a lot in this guide. It's about 12 pages long. <laughs> so um, once it was all there, Maddie and I, based on what we knew from our research and also our experiences with talking about EA and with help you, Luke, and others in the community, we added some of our own tips and edited it to helpfully be easy to read and follow. What are your hopes for the guide? I think that talking about EA is really important and is actually one of the major ways in which people come into contact with EA for the first time. 
And as we in this community want to have impact, one of the best ways to double our impact is actually to get another person involved. And so I hope that with this guide, people that are interested in EA and want to talk to their friends or anyone else about this have a bit of structure to follow. So um, especially if they're, it's their first time or one of their first times talking about it, or if they find that they've mentioned it to a few people, but maybe have come away from that conversation thinking, oh, I, that could have gone better. Maybe I should have said this and, and so on. The hope that is that with this guide, people feel more prepared going into those conversations. And it's also, I guess, a place where a lot of the information about EA is just in one place. And so um, regardless of which bits of the conversation you might need a little bit of help for, you can just go in and then, you know, look at it and hopefully um, come away with a bit more information about how you should go about that conversation. Yeah, I find the structure really helpful as well. So without further ado, we might get into it. Uh, so we're going to go through the tips one at a time. Can you start off by telling me uh, about the tip number one, which is having the right mindset? Sure. So tip number one, like you said, is about having the right mindset. And there's two key points here. Um, even though our eventual motivation may be to attract more people to the ideas of effective altruism and to have more and more people engage in effective giving behaviors, um, like I mentioned before, people can tell when you want them to do something and, and in general tend not to like being told what to do. Um, so going in with that intention of sharing your interests and hearing about the other persons as well and wanting to talk to them about something that excites you rather than wanting to change their mind or telling them about what they should be doing or how they should be living their lives is probably going to be better and more engaging for both parties. And um, people may not react the, the way that you want them to. And again, that's totally fine. You know, so go in open minded and rather than following the idea of this is EA, this is how you should do it. Uh, perhaps it should more follow the structure of, hey, this is something that I find really cool and it's really important to me. So um, I'm keen to know what you think about this. Um, and so, yeah, that structure might be a, a better place to start. And so with having the right mindset, sharing your perspectives and respecting their autonomy are the two key points. Yeah, that's great. That's also something that I find to be one of the most important things uh, to start off with is to remember that this isn't uh, an exercise in preaching, uh, particularly in interpersonal conversations. Um, it's an exercise in, in sharing something in the world that you're excited about and that you care about and volunteering that information to other people in a way that is resonating with what they might be interested in in the world. Okay, so we're going to move on to tip number two, which is be mindful of behavior and language. Yes, yeah, so with this tip, I think keeping what you're saying simple and personal is very important. And actually research shows that we are much more inclined to respond to stories than we are to facts. And so spitting out too many facts that may not be helpful for people who are new to the concept, especially, um, and also to avoid things like jargon and acronyms. Another point is, again, to not be prescriptive in the way that you talk about EA. 
you know, new opinions and, and perspectives are so crucial. And if we bring in people into the community by making it seem that EA is this rigid and inflexible thing, that there is only one right way to practice EA, then I think we're doing a disservice to the movement by drowning out those other opinions. Um, and another point here is to talk up the action rather than belittle the actor or the doer of that action. So, for instance, um, focusing on the issue that you're talking about, you know, whether it be poverty or meat eating, rather than the people who are doing harm or causing the issues. So, millionaires who don't donate or people who eat meat. So, similarly, also talking about how much good a certain charity does, rather than saying that the charity the other person donates to is ineffective, is probably a good call. One thing that I often say to people is that there are many things that are well worth spending money on, that well worth supporting, um, but there are just some things that have a surprising opportunity just to have even more impact. Um, and so if you're driven by one, you might be even more driven by the other. Um, and yeah, just definitely framing it in that opportunity. It's, and it's not a competition or it's not about a put down. Um, so that brings us to tip number three, which is to know your audience. Sure. So um, with knowing your audience, I think firstly, these conversations are potentially going to be easier if you talk to someone who is already more or less EA aligned. So someone who already is donating and is keen to help others or, or someone who thinks that um, it's important to help people regardless of who they are or where they live. Um, or even if they don't do anything like that, someone who is open-minded and is likely to engage in an open and non-judgmental discussion. It'll just make that conversation easier, I think. So it's not that, like, don't never have that conversation with people you think may have different views, but perhaps it's best to not have those as the first or the first few conversations you have about EA. Um, and secondly, and as I mentioned earlier, being flexible about how you communicate about EA, um, depending on who you're talking to, is so important. So uh, the narrative of helping people further away in, in less developed countries might be useful for someone living in a Western country. If you were talking to someone from a less developed country or someone who's migrated from one of those countries, uh, like me, um, Using the narrative of a dollar goes much further in India or people far away from you who are struggling with these issues you don't see anymore, such as malaria, might not really be suitable in that instance. And so I think in those cases, you could totally donate to near causes, right? So focusing instead on um, differences in effectiveness of charities that may be addressing the same cause would potentially be a better option. Uh, for instance, if you care about education, uh, you could mention that deworming initiatives can be much more effective in keeping kids in schools than um, the very seemingly logical providing school uniforms or donating books, for instance. Yeah, it's a great example. Which uh, brings us to tip number four, uh, knowing when to have the conversation. Sure. So there's a few different ways you could bring up this conversation and you could take a page out of Mike's book and say, hey, let's go grab lunch and talk about this new thing I came across. Or if you're part of a book club um, or a journal club, you could select a text for your next meeting. And also another way is if someone is already talking about donating or how they want to help people, you could bring it up then. And I will say, however, that 
if it is your first time talking about EA to others, it's potentially easier to bring it up in a one-on-one scenario uh, because it would be less daunting firstly, and then also it would be easier to respond to objections if they do arise. And another one that's worked um, well for some members is they've uh, outsourced the first conversation. Uh, so I've been invited to speak at someone's workplace and they see it as just putting something on the calendar that you know, people can dial into to learn about charity. And um, and then ha- them having organized that uh, will often prompt people to come to them and be like, hey, thanks for organizing. I have all these ideas and questions. <laughs> um, so then people start bringing up the conversation with them. Absolutely. I think that's a great idea Um, and not something that I'd previously considered. So thanks for bringing that up. (laughs) Yeah, I've even just seen that with people sharing an article or a video uh, on their social media and then people come to them later and that's how people discover these ideas. Um, And, you know, those personal conversations are really, um, really interesting and valuable, but sometimes you don't even need to be the one who initiates. (laughs) So that brings us to tip number five, which is to know what to say. So with knowing what to say, there is a fair bit out there about what EA is and um, what it includes. So it can be quite daunting to know what to say. And so I think the most important point here is to talk about your own story with EA. And I know you're a big believer in this, Luke. Um, People in general like to hear about what excites other people. And so, you know, if you meet someone who is really passionate about something, you're firstly interested in learning more about that thing, but then that passion may also catch on. And so talking about how you came across EA, what motivated you to help others and so on, um, would be a good shout. And so the guide also includes a list of the questions that you can use to reflect on when you're thinking about how to share your story. So things like how you came across effective giving or effective altruism and what motivated you to start or to continue helping people effectively. I often like to think about it as if you've just read a great book or watched a great TV show, how are you going to tell someone about that? It's quite similar. Um, It's thinking about what was it that struck you? What uh, stood out to you? What inspired you? These are the types of things that people like to hear, um, especially, you know, put yourself as the protagonist for a bit and and people are used to that format. (laughs) Wow, that is actually a really good metaphor. I'm going to use that myself. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And the second thing is to mention a few statements that people are very likely to agree with. And again, Luke, this is something that you use quite often. Um, So saying things like it's important to help others and helping more is better than helping less. Um, And then you could see where that person stands on these issues and they don't seem to agree. Uh, It's probably a good opportunity to find out more about that and obviously being courteous and non-judgmental while doing so. And if they do agree with those statements, then perhaps say something like, for me, my agreement with those statements has implications for how I act. And and what do you think about that? I think it's often something that uh, a lot of disagreements or or unfortunate um, uh, (laughs) tempers arise or something like that from people just starting with different starting points and they Mm. haven't even established a shared common understanding of what is true about the world or what is valuable um, in their minds. So people can just speak past each other without realizing that the object level discussions they're having 
are just so heavily influenced by the underlying assumptions going into it. Um, yet when you actually start to interrogate some of these assumptions, you do find that m much of this is shared, but maybe not necessarily in uh, the way that people would have first assumed. So um, once you establish that shared you know, um, starting point, you can then move forward a lot more effectively, I find. Yeah, for sure. And I agree with that completely. Um, and I think it's quite often that you go into a conversation just assuming that the other person is on the same page as you. And like you mentioned, the further you go on, then you're like, oh, wait, <laughs> we weren't on the same page. And so establishing that right at the beginning um, is excellent. Um, so thirdly, in terms of the actual EA movement, I think sticking to it being a movement of figuring out the answer to the question, how to do the most amount of good, and that the way in which we can try and answer those questions, um, sorry, try to answer that big picture question is figuring out the answers to a few smaller questions. So if we did X, how many people would it help and by how much? If there, uh, is there much room for work on this issue? Are there other people already doing this? And also if we did act on it, would this issue actually be solved? Um, and I think also in mentioning this, it's important to mention that the answers to these questions keep changing and our understanding of what is the best way to help people uh, keeps evolving. So even with the pandemic, you know, the health guidance seems to change. And that's not necessarily that we were wrong about these things before, but because we learn more information and with that new information, uh, we develop understanding about the best ways to combat the issues and the context changes as well. And so similarly focusing on e the focus of EA in terms of the issues we try to solve or the interventions that we're focusing on also do tend to change over time. It's, it's a moving target. The world is complex and changing at all points in time. So uh, it is in a static set of answers, uh, which is also a really exciting uh, thing as well, as it might be a bit disorientating. Uh, last thing I'd like to say about this is that if you do find that the person you're talking to has been interested and keen during the conversation and is eager to put what you've spoken about into action, you can then talk about the donation side of things. And so um, donations is likely the easiest way to make a difference and do that quickly. And leaning on the best advice of where to donate based on give well advice on EA funds, animal charity evaluators and so on would be good. And also mentioning how charities can vary widely in terms of the impact that they have, you know, that some charities are about a thousand times more effective than others. Um, and, you know, if you've taken the giving what we can pledge or try giving pledge, you can mention that as well. Yeah, that's all very good. So you can often know what to say, but then you're going to be struck very often with objections because, yeah, these ideas are complicated and they're sometimes going against people's intuitions. With tip number six, can you share how you go about dealing with these objections? Yeah, sure. Um, I think one of the reasons people might shy away from these conversations, and certainly why I have to, tended to do that as well in the past, is um, because we may think that the other person might have counter-arguments that you don't know or you wouldn't know what to say to in response, so I'm just going to avoid the conversation altogether. Um, so in this guide, we include a sort of clear framework for what to do if something like that does happen. 
And one of the most common objections is wanting to donate to a cause that has um, personal significance to us. And in our writing, actually, this was really influenced by how you go about these conversations, Luke. Um, so firstly, it's important to start with empathy and a shared understanding. You know, empathizing that it can be really hard to think about charities from a very neutral perspective and that we all have charities and causes that are really close to us and that we really care about. Um, and second, that we then need to recognize the grain of truth in what the other person has said or, or about where they donate to. And it's very likely that this is something that is very important to them. So saying something like, most people have first-hand experience of loss, and because we're empathetic creatures, it's likely that we want to donate to the organizations that are related to that loss. Um, and so from then, to share where your viewpoint comes from, knowing people's reasons for, for what they do can actually be really helpful in communicating and sharing ideas. So um, saying something like, when I thought really deeply about my experience of loss, I realized that what mattered to me was that someone that I love was suffering rather than the why they were suffering. So I realized I care about preventing such suffering in general and preventing it for as many people as I could. And again, at the end, to check for a shared sense of understanding. You know, sometimes the, the things that we can say to us might seem like we've said it in the best way possible, but the meaning of it may get lost in translation or the other person might have interpreted it in a different way. Um, and especially when it is concerned with something that is as emotionally laden as donating to personal causes. Um, so I think it's also crucial to check that your viewpoint has come across in the way that you intended it to. And um, this is also a good opportunity at the end of this conversation to see what they think about your logic. You know, uh, this can not only help reduce any sense of or any feelings of discontent, but can also help bring about any other objections or thoughts they might have. And so very simply, um, this can be done by just asking the question, what are your thoughts about this logic? Something I also find good to remember is that a, an objection is a chance for you both to learn more um, and Absolutely. you don't have to have all the answers. In fact, that relates uh, very well uh, to tip number seven, which is uh, following up with them. Uh, and sometimes a great opportunity to follow up with someone is if they've given you a question that you go, huh, I don't know, I have not considered that. I'm going to think about that and get back to you. Um, and that's often a great opportunity to follow up. So on that note, did you want to talk about tip number seven? Yeah, let's do it. Um, so like I mentioned with my own story, this wasn't a one and done sort of conversation, right? Mike had <laughs> to talk to us about this sort of at the beginning of our PhDs, but it wasn't only until last year that I really delved into it deeper. So poor Mike had to wait like five years before he could really say that, oh, Geet, I told Geet about EA and now she's like <laughs> in the community and donating and things. Um, so like you said, once you've had that conversation, maybe about after a week or two or, or whatever timeline is suitable, maybe going back to them and asking them if they've thought about that conversation further. Or like you mentioned, Luke, um, if you've gone and thought about something else yourself, then maybe bringing that up again. So you could say something like, I've come across this blog post that was related to what we were speaking about the other day and send them a link or here's the book I mentioned. Um, and maybe 
they thought about it a bit more too and they had a few more thoughts and questions and so it would be a good opportunity to follow up with them and to um, see what they are at with with the processing of what EA is and so on. Mm. I think there's also so many good resources out there. You know, maybe you can share your own copy of your your favorite EA book or I know that The Life You Can Save is available for free both as audiobooks and um, as PDF versions. So maybe send them the link to that. We'll soon be uh, hopefully adding a link to nominate people to receive a free copy of a book. So one that I often like to give people is Doing Good Better by uh, one of our founders, Will McCaskill. And the number of times like I'd given it to someone after having a conversation and they've come back several years later <laughs> and been like, you know that book you gave me? <laughs> Finally got around to reading it. I have all these thoughts. <laughs> Yeah, I, that book especially, I really enjoyed it. And even within the first few pages, the amount of times my <laughs> mind was blown was unreal. Excellent. Um, well, shall we move on to tip number eight, preparing for the conversation? Absolutely. Um, so with preparing for the conversation, I think if you're anything like me, you want to go and prepared <laughs> um, to the conversation. And so this could be things like practicing telling your story or reading other people's stories if you're not um, 100%, I guess, keen to share your own. And um, you could ask other people what motivated them. And if you want to share, actually, if you want to share your story with others, you could also write a member story for giving what we can. Um, we uh, ran a workshop last weekend on uh, story writing, thanks to uh, one of our members, Chris O'Connor, who is a playwright. Um, so we've shared some of those resources in the Giving What We Can Facebook group, and we'll be updating our member story guide soon as well. Uh, but if you go to our Get Involved page, uh, we've got a link to some tips and examples for sharing stories. And this is actually something I think is back to one of the earlier tips, one of the most um, key things in uh, kind of human interaction is we're storytelling animals and uh, stories is what connects us and what conveys a lot of information and especially the uh, deeper kind of level of information, the things like the motivation, the, the commitment, um, those types of things are often embodied in the way that we tell stories. Um, and then the information is kind of scattered throughout a story. Uh, but what people really connect with is hearing your story. Well, what are the most important lessons you'd like people to come away with? Yeah, there are, I think there's a few. And I know that the guide is fairly long, but maybe there's four or five things that, um, that I'd like people to come away with um, with this. And so the first is again, to use these conversations as a tool to talk about something you're interested in and are excited to share rather than going in with the agenda of changing someone else's mind. Um, secondly, to respect people's autonomy. You know, people, again, do not like being told what to do or even made to feel like that they are mm. doing something wrong or immoral. And so not being prescriptive and, and rigid in the narrative of EA and also avoiding should language. Um, and thirdly, using empathy as your friend. So being open-minded and non-judgmental in these conversations is really important. Um, then to be flexible about what you say and how you say it, depending on who you're saying it to. 
And, you know, the same narrative around EA and donating effectively might not work for everyone. And so to keep that in mind. And lastly, just to keep it simple and straightforward, making the ideas as accessible as possible, you know, use examples that people are likely going to agree with and don't involve too much thought challenging or shattering of values and worldviews. Um, so sharing your own personal stories as well, rather than bombarding them with facts is a great way to do that. And I think it's yeah really important not to sell people short as well. Um, people are really, a lot of people are really curious about the world and they're curious about you and what you're interested in. And um, when you're sharing from a place of um, excitement and passion or I intrigue, uh, people are going to generally be quite capable and interested in engaging um, so long as they're not being, you know, talk down to or preach to um a lot of the time if it's dialogue that's something that we just do really well as humans um once we get into that mindset well is there anything else to add any final notes yeah so while this guide is fairly comprehensive and a lot of the tips especially around the context of the conversation are useful um i think in terms of the actual content of the conversation, it's not the only way to go about it. You know, the guide is just that, it's a guide. Uh, while we hope that the tips in it will be useful to people when they go out there and have those conversations about EA, there may be other things that people find useful to mention. Um, so our aim, again, isn't to be prescriptive or rigid with how people have these conversations, um, but just, just offer a bit of support to those who, who may need it or um, perhaps offer a different perspective to those who have already been having these conversations. And lastly, but very, very importantly, we had a few wonderful people give us lovely feedback. Um, of course, there was you, Luke. Thank you so much for, for all of the great feedback. And uh, as well as the others from Giving What We Can, such as Tony and Heather, but also others in the EA community, uh, such as Mike Notel, Ari Kagan, and Emily Grundy. So a big thank you to to those and, and others. And, um, and of course, to Maddie for writing this with me. Well, thank you so much. I've certainly found it to be a valuable resource that I've already referred a lot of people to and, and look forward to uh, doing so more. Thank you so much for your time for joining me today. And uh, yeah, take care. Thanks, Luke. Thanks for having me. Thanks to Geet for joining me today, and thanks to our listeners for lending me your ears for the duration of this episode. I hope you found it to be insightful. Now, don't forget to check out givingwhatwecan.org, where you can learn more about giving effectively and join our community of compassionate people. Until next time, keep on doing good. Good.